Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, three-year, 30,000-mile complimentary maintenance, and America's best warranty ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. America's best warranty claim based on total package of warranty programs. See dealer for limited warranty details. Complimentary maintenance included Hyundai approved oil and oil filter change, except for electric vehicles and fuel cell electric vehicles, plus tire rotation, normal factory schedule maintenance intervals for three years or 36,000 miles, whichever comes first. More frequent maintenance due to severe driving conditions or conditions is excluded. Offer valid only for new 2020 or 2024 Hyundai models purchased or leased on or after February 1st, 2020. See your Hyundai dealer for further details and limitations. Hi, Timmy Whispers here from Gimme the Hot Sauce Podcast. The two-way V4 features groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam, creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Fuel cell gives you the ultimate energy return, ensuring every step feels explosive and dynamic. Fresh foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort for the entire game. The upper construction features a lightweight textile that reduces weight while remaining supportive and breathable. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way at NewBalance.com. Oh my goodness! It's only preseason, but I'm hyped Neil Falk! Jimmy G Buckets gets buckets! Oh my goodness! Give me the hot sauce! Neil Falk! Give me the hot sauce! What are you doing, Dragons? Did you not get the memo? It is time for a brand new edition of the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast, episode 65. We are taping from the Hustle and Flow studios on Thursday, February 10th, just past the NBA trade deadline. we got a special guest coming up, Chicago's very own, the crowd favorite, Io DeSumo, the proud of Margaret Park High School and the University of Illinois. Io is going to join us in a few minutes. But first, we got to get through all the craziness that went down before the trade deadline. Stacey King, Timmy Whispers, ready to roll. And Stacey... Uh, the Bulls did not make a move, but that's not a surprise because the only <clears throat> things they really had to trade were Patrick Williams and Kobe White, and I don't think uh, the front office wanted to give up either one. No, I mean, and we said it last week, unless there was a deal that was going to knock their socks off, which mm-hmm. there wasn't, um, you want to stand pat. And I, and I believe that they looked at this as being like, hey, look, at the beginning of the season with the overhaul of the roster, I believe they looked at their roster and said, hey, look, this team is, is a top six team. Easily with mm-hmm. the roster we have before even play a game. So they've exceeded all expectations. They've been number one pretty much the whole way. So I believe they feel like when they get all their guys back, if they can just hold the fort down and, you know, win some games, they're not going to win all of them, but try to, you know, stack as many games. come Because this week is, is really – that win last night in Charlotte was huge. That was a good win. That was a huge win for the Bulls last night because even though Charlotte is struggling, it's still a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. You never know which Charlotte team is going to come out and play. And the way they came out that first two or three minutes of the game, you're like, oh, man. You know, they're hitting threes. <laughs> oh, this, this might not be a good one, you know. And then the Bulls, you know, seize control of the game. And they won the game, and it was a good road win. And so, you know, you got Friday, you got, you know, Minnesota's coming in, a team that's, like, I think, currently in the seventh spot in the playoffs. They're playing extremely well. They're still a young team. Uh, that's a win. You know, you got you to gotta try to get that win at home. You know, and then you got, you know, the next night you're playing Oklahoma City. So those are two, you know, there are two games right there that you can stack away and start stacking away until you get all your players back. And then next week, the last two games for the All-Star break, you got the Spurs coming in and the Kings. So conceivably, you could take a five-game winning streak into the into the All-Star break, which would make you feel pretty good about things knowing you got reinforcements coming. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would take a page out of Phil Jackson's book when you're, you know, if I was talking to these players right now, I'd say, hey, look, I need four out of five. Yeah, right. And and if we get five, great. But, you know, Phil used to do this thing with us all the time when we, we'd have these games come up and there'd be, you know, four games in five nights. You know, Phil would say, hey, look, I need, I need three, three of the five, mm-hmm. you know, and that 
put in our heads that we got to win three. It didn't care if we won at home. We didn't care if it was on the road, but we had to get three wins. And and I think when you give them tangible goals like that, you know, they can see that and say, yeah, we definitely can get that. Because I thought their defense last night was the best I've seen in a few weeks. Um, they really paid attention to detail. They did a good job of neutralizing dribble penetration and keeping guys out the paint. And I thought, you know, listen, you know, DeMar and, and, and Zach, you know, Batman and Robin, you know, Superman, Aquaman, whatever you want to call them, okay? They're always going to get theirs. They're always going to be the two main guys. What I like last night is is Vooch found a way to get in there and coexist with those guys. And and really, the last four or five ball games, he's been a big part of what they've done. And I think when he continues to do that, if all three of those guys play well, Mark, even with all these guys out, they have a shot to win on a nightly basis. All three of them have to play well together. When you talk about three star players, they're three all stars. Some people might say, "Well, Vooch is not a superstar. Vooch is two time all star." So, right. so let's not forget that. So, if all three of those guys play well, like they did last night, and when Vooch is engaged on the defensive end, this offensive game is is really good. So, uh, and I thought, I thought like the last four or five games, he's really stepped his game up, and he's really looked good in the post. They're running a lot more post plays for him cross screens, getting him in the post. He's taking advantage of mismatches. And I think, you know, he's starting to realize like, hey, you know what? I can get easier baskets and be more of an efficient scorer, kind of like DeMar DeRozan. DeMar is not spinning out there, you know, shooting threes because he knows his game is, you know, 18, 18 and in, and, and he's killing. So maybe I should try that. And it's been working <laughs> for him. Well, the trade deadline passing doesn't mean that the Bulls have no other avenues to try to add some help for the stretch run in the playoffs. Uh, for, for people who don't follow the NBA as closely as we do, it's really developed into a secondary market over the last decade or so. The trade deadline passes, and then guys get bought out of their contracts, and teams can add them on. Usually they're veteran players that are looking for a championship ring late in their careers. They want to sign on with contenders or guys that are just let go for financial reasons. There's going to be some players that are out there, guys like Tristan Thompson of the Cavaliers. I mean, Paul Millsap could wind up getting bought out in Philadelphia. Uh, Robin Lopez uh, down in Orlando. Could, I mean, there's all kinds of names that are out there, as well as uh, wing defenders, guards, what have you. So I think the Bulls will add somebody. It's just a question of what's the best option that's going to surface in the next couple of weeks. Well, it's it's a kind of like a low-risk, high-reward type of situation when you start to look at buyouts because you know that's just a rental player. It's a player that can help you fill a gap that you need, which there are some holes in the Bulls right now, especially at the big forward position because, you know, even though Patrick Williams is on the mend and he's out shooting without a cast on and stuff, it, it's still going to be a while before he comes back. And, you know, you got Zoe. Zoe's walking around and he's moving around and he's in the process of rehab right now. So, you know, it's going to be a while for those guys. A reinforcement comes back in. But I think the key for the Bulls right now, and I know a lot of people want the Bulls to make a trade, you know, but you you, you can't you can't make, you know, get rid of assets. They've got to rid of, they've they've traded assets to get players. You know, you got to get DeMar DeRozan, you had to make some trades. To get Vucevic, you had to make some trades. So you can't just mortgage your future because at the end of the day, the Jeremy Grant situation, you know, Jeremy Grant, everybody thought he should get Jeremy Grant. I mean, yeah, if we're playing NBA 2K on, um, you know, on, uh, on, uh, you know, Xbox, that's a great trade, but this is a guy who wants to be a star. This is a guy who's already making a lot of money. He, he wants $20 million a year and you still haven't paid Zach Levine yet. So you add that guy on your roster and he's not going to be content being a third or fourth option on a team that's winning. And he's already made that clear. He wants to go somewhere where he can still do the things that he's been doing the last couple of years since he left Denver. So that would not have been a good move for the Bulls because he would have been a rental player. So those are the situations they were looking at, you know, is, is you know, guys coming here that they're going to have to pay a lot of money to. And, you don't you definitely got to remember, Zach Levine is a priority. You know, I know he's going to be under. He's, he's a priority. You know, and I think he's proven his worth. I think the Bulls know what he's worth now. Um you know, and I don't know what's going through everybody's head, you know, of like why he's not been signed. I don't know. I mean, but he has proven to be one of the elite players in this league. And along with DeMar, they've been two of the best scoring duos in the league this year. Numbers don't lie. Yeah, you can count on Zach getting a max contract extension as soon as the Bulls can offer it this summer. Jeremy Grant, by the way, did not get traded. He was in a lot of rumors, but 
the Pistons were looking for two first-round draft picks and a young player, so the price tag was way too high for Jeremy Grant. He's going to finish the year in Detroit. So let's talk about some of the deals that went down, starting with the blockbuster that everyone talked about but said, well, it'll never happen. It happened about almost two hours before the clock struck two and the, and the deadline passed. Brooklyn sends James Harden to the Philadelphia 76ers, and they got a king's ransom in return. They get Ben Simmons, who, of course, hasn't played. I think his mental health issues have disappeared now as he gets straight to Brooklyn. He's already talked to Kevin Durant and the GM, said he can't wait to get in uniform and play for the Nets. But they get Ben Simmons. They get a shooter in Seth Curry. They get a backup big man in Andre Drummond and two two first-round draft picks. I think... Uh, Daryl Morey got fleeced in this deal. Yeah, I mean, basically it was equivalent to walking into a bank in broad daylight with no mask <laughs> on and just saying, give me all your money. I don't care if you see me on the cameras, I'm robbing you. And that's exactly what it was. I mean, you might as well just handed, you know, handed Brooklyn a chance to come out of the Eastern Conference now because think about what you, you, you know, Philadelphia held out so long. Yeah. You know, they won three, four first rounders, an all star player in return. They had this 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 thing that they were probably not going to get what they were going to yeah. that they wanted. They're going to wait till the end of the season, which I think that's what they should have done in the first place. Because Philadelphia would have been great for them if they had Ben Simmons. Yeah, they'd be a stronger team. But they're showing you right now with Embiid and Seth Curry and Tobias Harris that they are a good enough team to challenge people in the Eastern Conference. It could be one of the top four teams as when it's all said and done. So you didn't really have to make a move for Ben Simmons right now, you know, because a lot of times you get to hear what everybody else is saying. Oh, they should move him. They should move. They should move him for this guy. Move him. James Harden is in his 30s, okay? And I like James Harden. I've always liked James Harden. James Harden is a, is a scorer. He can get you assists. He can do a lot of things. But I think James Harden, to me, is slowing down a little bit. Yep. Physically, I don't think he's the same player as he was, say, three years ago when he was in his prime. A lot of injuries season. now. A lot of injuries, you know, um, that's really hampering a hamstring, you know, all season long last year. You know, and this year I thought, okay, that hamstring last year, you know, kept them from beating Milwaukee, I felt, because he, he wasn't 100%. And so when Kevin Durant was the only one there, and then Kyrie went out with the ankle sprain, so it was tough there. But – I felt like James Harden would come back this year and he'd be in the best shape of his life. And this is a team that's going to challenge for the championship. And, you know, and then I think what's happened to them was you had the COVID situation that Kyrie doesn't want to take the shot. And then that causes problems on their team. And then all these guys are saying, hey, look, we came here to play together to win a championship. I didn't come to play with part-time players. And, you, and you know, of course, James Harden's not going to say that, but his inner circle is sending those messages out. Yeah. That's what's over the last two weeks that he would prefer to be traded. He quit playing. And he kind of he kind of yeah. kind of slowed it down like he did in Houston. Yeah. And so you're Philadelphia, you're getting him. Now he's an all-star caliber player. He's going to get you 25 a night, but that team is in beads. You know, and 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 he's never played with a great player like Embiid. Embiid's played with a great player in Simmons. He hasn't really played with a great big man like Embiid that demands the ball and demands, you know, you run the sets through him. So it's going to be interesting how that dynamic. But if you're if you're Brooklyn, you know, Marks, Sean Marks, <laughs> he could be executive of the year uh, next to AK. I mean, they could be one and two mm -hmm. because that move he made, like here you got your team, you you've lost six or seven in a row. Your team is struggling. Nine, Nine in a row? Yeah. They, they've been bad, you know, and then you got Kyrie Irving can only play in half the games. So it's like, Kevin Durant's out with a knee injury. Your team is just, I mean, Joe Harris is out with ankle injury. you got so many different things going on, and your team that was supposed to be favored now as a team is going to be fighting for its life to get into the possibly the playoff round. So that's where you were looking at. And you're able to move James Harden, who doesn't want to be there, and you're able to get all, you get, you get, Two starters, three. Really, Drummond's a starter in his league too. So you actually get three starters. He's playing a role player behind mm -hmm. Embiid, but he's he's definitely a starter in his league. One of the better rebounders in this league. So you get Simmons and you get a shooter in Seth Curry starter. Three starters and then two first round picks. Yeah, you. you <laughs> we're not even going to wear a mask when we go into the Bank of Philadelphia. <laughs> we're just going to walk in there and just say, "Give me this, 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 this," and and we're leaving. And that's exactly what happened. We haven't heard from Whispers yet. Your tan is faded from Dubai. You got a, you got a, you got a beer in front of you at 3 o'clock. What do you think about all this NBA madness? Well, we should send them some hot sauce. <laughs> some atomic oh, hot sauce? Oh, oh man. Oh, yeah, America. 
America. Uh, a new flavor coming out. America just yet. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we are now experimenting with new flavors today before the podcast. We almost we, killed Pavel. We brought in some really <laughs> hot, hot hots because we've listened to our consumers and they wanted us to ramp it up a little All bit. Right. They want they want some of the hot, 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 hot sauce. They want to so be hurt. They want, you know. <laughs> so we brought in some different flavors today and we had some people test it. I had my girlfriend Don test it and she, she survived because she didn't take as much as DJ Pavel did. See, DJ Pavel, you know, he thought he had an iron cast stomach because he comes from Russia. So he's going to have spoonfuls <laughs> of hot sauce without putting... My girl says, hey, you might want to put on yeah, a chip. No, that down no, a bit. no, no, no. I, I take the spoon. I want the spoon. <laughs> so, break you. So, so wait a minute. Before DJ Pavel broke down, it was it was Timmy Whispers. So Timmy Whispers comes in, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna taste the... the what, what, was, what was the hot one, the one we were talking We were just calling it Atomic. We were, call, we were calling it the Atomic. So he said, like, let me try the Atomic one. And I could tell it was a dangerous one because it looks like blood. It looks like blood. <laughs> I was like, smoke coming yeah, out so I was like, I, I don't think this is good. I, I, I kind of smells like battery yeah, acid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, me personally, I kind of moonwalked away from that one. So, so Tim takes it on a chip, and so he's like, <laughs> I'll, I'll be, I'll be right back. I, got, I gotta go get a beer. And so he comes back, America. He comes back. I wish y'all would have saw this. He comes back in here. Not only was he sweating profusely, my eyeballs his were eye, sweating. His eyeballs were sweating. <laughs> I, I thought he was crying, but his eyeballs were sweating. I was like, "Man, you crying?" That's like, hot my sauce. eyes are, are sweating. He goes, "Man, that's some, that's some hot sauce, man." I don't, I, I don't know. And then so DJ Pavel comes in. So he, so Tim Timmy Whisper goes, "Oh, DJ Pavel's out. He yeah. loves a hot sauce. He's, iron he's, stomach. He's, yeah. he's a pro. Yeah, he calls I, me a baby. Yeah, he's like, yeah, just give it here. Give it. What well, are you, I, baby? I, yeah, he's like, he's like, I must break you. So we, so we give it to him. We give DJ Pavel, he takes a spoonful. Don says to him, hey, you might want to put on a chip. <laughs> no, I don't like chips. I don't like chips at all. I just want to taste the spoon. I give it here. Give it here. He takes it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it was so hot. DJ Pavel, who's still recovering right now as we're speaking right now, he had to go throw up. <laughs> he, 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 he went... Timmy Whisper said, hey, do you want me to go get you a bucket? And he goes, oh, no, I already threw up. <laughs> oh, man. That's how hot it was, America. So you wanted it hot? We got it, baby. Well, I tell you, we're going to eliminate that one. <laughs> we might be on a lawsuit. <laughs> no, we, we got to put it out. Hey, it, no. it'll, be, it'll be try at your own risk. You don't have no That's insurance. Oh. It's in a waiver. No, no, we're sitting in a waiver. You must say, you must say, you must say, it'll be on the waiver. We are not responsible for anything <laughs> for this hot sauce. Ooh. Sorry. So, Sorry, so that's, that's not on the market yet. But if no. you go, if you go no. to gimmethehotsauce.com, oh. you can get the flavors that you love. Oh. You can get the traditional red hot sauce. Oh. You get the St. Pat's Verde, oh. Stacy's spicy Q. Oh. So my so point was, barbecue it, was sauce. As, it was as painful as that trade is what I was trying to get. <laughs> oh, all right, well, <laughs> I, I guess you made your point. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's, yeah. go, let's go through some of these pretty quick because uh, I was waiting in the Sriracha green room. Uh, Washington, they traded Spencer Dinwiddie. They thought that was going to be a great, great combination with him and Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, as I'm sure you heard, opted for season-ending wrist surgery. So Washington is in a bad way now. They got off to that great start. Now they're already thinking about next year. They traded Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans to San Antonio or to Dallas, excuse me, for Kristaps Porzingis. How Kristaps Porzingis' star has fallen, Stacy? Well, I, I think that, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie was having problems in Washington in the locker room. Guys didn't like him. For whatever reason, there was things going on in the locker room, and he was in the middle of it. So that, that was the reason why they shipped him out. Uh, Porzingis has never really wanted to be in Dallas with, with Luka. Even though they're friends, mm -hmm. Porzingis thinks he's a star. He, he thinks he's the guy. He's never and been the same since the ACL no, tear. No, since he came back from that ACL tear. And, you know, he wants to be the number one guy. And in his mind, he's the number one guy. And in Dallas, he's not the number one guy as long as Luke is there. So they make that move. Now, Dallas also protects himself, too, because Jalen Brunson um, has played himself into a lucrative contract. Yeah, he's a free now. agent. He's a free agent at the end of the year. So they're going to be, I think he's restricted. They're going to be able to match whatever he gets. And he's going to get a, I mean, he's going to get a boatload of money mm -hmm. this year. Because sure he is. has played, he's averaging 16 points a game. He's a career high um, in assists and points. And he, he's really a big part of what they do. Um, Jason Kidd loves him. You know, and he's just, he's a really, he's made himself into a really, not just a backup, he was a backup when he first came in. He was a second round pick, I think. And he has played himself into an elite NBA starter. So uh, they're protecting themselves with Dinwiddie because his contract is set. 
just in case they lose Brunson, they have a point guard. And Spencer Dinwiddie is not a bad guard. Before he was hurt, before he got hurt, man, he was really tearing it up in Brooklyn. So mm -hmm. uh, that's, that trade's there to help them. But I don't know how it makes them better. I, I, I don't need neither team. It was just kind of like, I'm going to help you get rid of your guy. I'm going to help you get rid of my guy. Neither one of them really is exciting you because with Washington right now, with Bill being out, they're not going to the playoffs. They they start no, off no hot, chance. and then you know next year it's going to be a situation for Washington to have to decide whether they want to keep Bill or not. And Dallas trading Porzingis, they're already small, playing guys like Dwight Powell at center, so they're they're really an undersized team right now. Cleveland, they've been such an interesting team all year long, and they get. Karis LeVert to go with the all-star Darius Garland and those three seven-footers up front. That's a young, dangerous team right now. Oh, and they really didn't have to give up anybody. No. I mean, you only gave up. You gave up Ricky Rubio, who's out for the year with just ACL a, yeah, tear. Money I mean, dump. Basically, just a money dump, you know. Um, you pick up a, a much-needed score, a guy that can play, you know, the two or the three. This, you know, you got – there's so much versatility. They had so much versatility before they picked him up anyway. Now you bring in a guy who, who's a 20-plus point scorer that can also – also, you know, do some things defensively for you. You got so many different looks that you can put at teams. They got better. They got better without having to give up anything. Yeah, they're you know, going to be tough in the playoffs. I mean, too. they're they're right now. I mean, we saw last, last night. We looked at the standings, and there are eight, almost nine teams. The games are separating from number one to nine, like two or three games separating the top nine teams. So mm -hmm. if you go on a losing streak, you lose three games, you yeah. can find yourself in the play-in game, like 10 East, or 11. East is going to be crazy. I mean, yes. Brooklyn sunk to eight, but they're going to jump up now. The Celtics have won six games in a row. They're playing better, so it's going to be a crazy second half in the NBA. Atlanta, Atlanta's starting to play better, yeah, too. Yeah, they won a bunch of games. Milwaukee gets Serge Ibaka in a four-team trade. The former number two overall pick in the draft, Marvin Bagley third, winds up in Detroit as part of that deal. Did the Bucks help themselves by getting Serge Ibaka? I know they're worried about, will Brook Lopez be healthy going into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, just another big guy. I mean, I'm you know, Serge Ibaka can you know rebound, he can block some shots, but he's not the Serge Ibaka that he once was. You know, he doesn't move as well, doesn't anticipate and block shots like he used to, but he can knock down you know little eighteen to twenty foot jumpers in a pick and pop game, and he's still a still a tough physical guy, uh, guy that you can come in and play 18, 20 minutes and and play a role for you, kind of similar to when they got Bobby Portis. You know, I don't think they anticipated Bobby being as big a part of their offense as he ended up being and what he is now. Um, and I think it's the same situation with Serge Ibaka. He'll come in, he'll play 18, 20 minutes. He'll, you know, they can go big. They can go space the floor with, you know, bigs that can shoot. Um, they traded, uh, I think, Dante DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo winds up in yeah, Sacramento yeah. So, in that deal. I mean, they, you know, I, I think the reason why they moved him was the fact that he's hurt all the time. And then mm -hmm. that Grayson Allen is basically the same player. Um, and Grayson Allen has played well, even though he's, you know, we all hate him here in Chicago. Right. And they still um, have Pat Connaughton. Yeah, they got spot. Pat Connaughton, and, and those two guys can do what he was doing. And mm -hmm. so uh, Sacramento ends up getting him anyway, because, you know, that, that was the that was yeah. the deal to send him to Bogdanovich, yeah. you know. And the, and the funny thing about, you know, you look at Sacramento and you look at the things they did, Mark, you just question, like, what is going on there? Like, who who's in charge there? Who's making these decisions? Yeah, they give up Halliburton. I mean, you, you got so much. You know, we talked with Buddy Hill about this. Is there's so much young talent there. And, you know, my thing is, like, just playing, you know, just playing NBA 2K GM, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, okay, I got all these, I got, I got all these guards. They, they went out and drafted Davion Mitchell, another point guard. So you got three point guards. You got, you know, De'Aaron Fox, Halliburton, and Davion Mitchell, okay? So you go, one of those guys got to go. And I thought, I thought when they drafted Halliburton, I thought they were trying to replicate what Portland was doing with C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard, two small guards that could play together. They both could share, you know, ball handling duties, but it didn't work out. And they ended up trading Halliburton after his first year, and I thought he had a great mm -hmm. season last year. I thought he played well this year. I thought he was more of a point guard than De'Aaron Fox, and I love De'Aaron Fox, but I thought he was more of a point guard. And to move him this early in his career, I was just like, and then Buddy Heald, how hard is it to find a guy that has a, who's a career 40% three-point shooter? Teams are are lining up for for finding wing shooters. I mean, Seth Curry, you know, how many teams wanted him? I mean, all these guys who can shoot. The Lakers wanted Buddy Heald. And then all of a sudden, you know, you give him away uh, for Sabonis, which they won last night. You know, they had a big, you know, Sabonis played well for him and everything. But, man, they just have so much talent and no direction. Yeah, we'll see if Marvin Bagley can fit in in Detroit with that new look lineup they have. They got a lot of young guys. Yes. 
Kate Cunningham, Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, uh, Isaiah Stewart. So that the complete Pieces, rebuild though. going on in Detroit. Pieces, equity. Yeah. They got they've they've got they've got property to move and and get better because that kid Kate Cunningham's for real. Mm, he is. Sadiq yeah. Sadiq is good too. Those are their two cornerstone guys. I don't think Jeremy Grant's in that picture. Um, and you get a guy like Bagley if he can come in and and you know live up to the number two you know the number two billion that he was drafted at. Uh, that's a great pickup for them. One more move I want to touch on is uh, our guy Thad Young going to Toronto. I know a lot of Bulls fans had hoped he could find his way back here, but because of NBA rules, it, it was almost impossible. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he could help them because I know you and uh, Adam on the broadcast were talking about how dangerous Toronto is, and, and Thad Young can help him. Yeah, because he's a guy that can play, you know, multiple positions, the four spot, stretch four, and he can play some small ball five. Uh, he knows how to play. He, he can rebound the basketball. He can defend anybody on the floor, and he's a good veteran. I'm so glad to see, because he wasn't getting any wasn't playing, playing time. No. And, and the one thing about that, he's an ultimate professional. You know, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to go to the press. He's not going to cause problems. He's not going to skip practices. You know, ultimate pro, ultimate professional. Any of those kids who were, were playing in, in San Antonio uh, watched him and how he carried himself. They they should really, you know, they should really learn something from that. And here's a guy who's, you know, who's played at a high level for so long, been a starter in this league, been a top six man. And, you know, he didn't get to play a lot there, but he came to practice every day and busted his ass and did everything he's supposed to do. Those are the kind of lessons you want younger players to see and, and have those kind of role models to follow. Yeah, and Goran Dragic went to Dallas in that, or excuse me, to San Antonio in that trade for Thad Young. There's a lot of talk that he's going to be bought out of his contract, and Dallas is one of the teams that's yes. been rumored to maybe pick up Goran Dragic. And that's, and that's Luka's boy. They right. played on the same national Slovenia. team. They've, they played since they were kids. I mean, he's he's always, uh, Luka's always looked up to Dragic, and uh, that's, that's one of the, because that was one of the rumors that Porzingis was going to get traded to Toronto. Mm-hmm. For for Dragic and that didn't work out. So, but Dragic's gonna end his way up in Dallas somehow. So there's gonna be a lot of maneuvering in the next few weeks as veteran players get bought out of their contracts. The Bulls will definitely be involved because they are one of the contending teams looking to add talent. We're gonna bring in Io in just a moment, but first we want to give a shout out to our guy Jeff Vukovic. I know he's been following all the wheeling and dealing. He's a big sports fan, a big NBA fan. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure to contact the king of insurance. Our guy, Nationwide Agent Jeff Vukovic at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. Stacy, how are you feeling today with the Golden Pipes? Nationwide is on your side. (laughs) A trade deadline edition of the Nationwide Jingle. That was was special right there. They weren't ready for that one, Mark. They weren't ready for that one. I know Jeff was like, oh, that was a good one. I like that one. He wasn't ready ready for that one. (laughs) Stacy going above and beyond on trade deadline Look at Tim over there sweating. Is that for the hot sauce? Is that for me? Oh, Lord. He thought he was at at a concert or something. Eyeball sweating again. Oh, oh, oh. Coming up next on Give Me the Hot Sauce, our guy Io DeSumo is our special guest. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Give Me the Hot Sauce, episode 65. We've got a special guest standing by, but first, I want to tell you about a friend of ours, our good buddy Howard Ankin. Chances are, if you live anywhere in Chicagoland, you've seen Howard on a bus, train, billboard, or TV commercial with a famous Chicago athlete like Io DeSumo. Howard is everywhere. <laughs> so if you've been injured at work, in a car, truck, or rideshare accident, make sure to call Howard. He's a third-generation attorney from Chicago. And his number is an easy one to remember. It's 312 That's our man, Howard Ankin. 312 a good friend of the show. As we welcome Io DeSumo in, you've already reached a landmark in Chicago. You've already done a commercial with Howard as a rookie. That's pretty good stuff. What was that experience like for you? Uh, it was a fun experience, um, definitely. Um, really been my first commercial. I'm in the city, so um, going through that whole experience, that experience was, was very fun. Um, I was able to, you know, connect with him, and um, I was able to, um, be a relationship with him and his and his cast, and um, it was fun when I first seen the commercial. 
Uh, my family saw the commercial also. Um, it was exciting because I, I was like, my actor. <laughs> Stacy did that commercial with Howard as well. And you're going to have a lot more opportunities coming in the marketing field, my friend. The people love you in Thank Chicago. You. I mean, when, when you're introduced, that crowd goes wild. We're here the, from Chicago, like uh, Derek Rose made famous. Uh, yeah, um, that's just the love the city shows. Um, the city is just um, very excited about <clears throat> the our team this year and um they're just hungry to win so um i just i'm um blessed for them to show me so much love be there from chicago let's talk a little bit about growing up here in chicago and and you know basketball being such a, a hotbed along with new york and los angeles um growing up who was who did you idolize because you you were not around when jordan was around so <laughs> you derrick rose is the, probably the guy that you probably grew up watching and who else did you idolize growing up in chicago wanting to be like um you know chicago it was pretty much a lot of local guys just guys older than me um i want to say that i like i idolized them but you know they were older than me and they um, accomplished things that i want to accomplish like win the state championship win the city championship, you know, playing for the Olympics. Just guys older than me, like Jabari Parker, um, Jalen Brunson, Tyler Eulis, a lot of those guys, they accomplished those things. So me being, me seeing them, you know, accomplish those things that made it me want to accomplish those same things. But um, also Dwayne Wade, um, the, those guys from Chicago. But, you know, Kobe Bryant was my ultimate guy that I, I, I love to watch and I love to study and um, just try to, um, take his mindset and um, take a lot of different things that he brought to the table. You had a chance to play uh, at Morgan Park High School, obviously so competitive, the Chicago City scene. What was that like for you in terms of your development, playing great competition every day on the high school level? Yeah, I mean, I think that's just what builds character. That's what brings that toughness in Chicago because you have so many, you know, great competitive Chicago puppy league schools, Catholic schools, so many different schools in the Chicago area that, they might not go division one. They might not have the, the, um, the blessings and the, the right environment or the right circle to push them to, you know, go play the high division one, but the talent was always there. And, um, that was something that I always got when I was at a public school was the competition. And, um, it, it made me compete day in and day out to be the best player I can be and try to continue to get better. What, when you were, you know, a high school senior, and I know you're recruited, what made you want to go to University of Illinois? Did you just want to stay close to home where your family and friends could see you? What was what was the reasoning of going there? Because, you know, you're a talent. And, you know, Chicago is, is a hotbed for, you know, most of the kids go to Kansas or, you know, they're going to these other schools outside of Illinois. What made you choose University of Illinois? Um, I chose the University of Illinois because I thought it was the best fit for me, not just now, but I, my family, I was always blessed to have you know, a, a very genius family. Um, my mom and dad, my sisters, I have, you know, four lawyers, um, my aunts and uncles, um, a total of four lawyers. So when it comes to making big decisions, we all sit down at the table and we try to make the, the best educated decision. And I didn't want to just make a decision for, you know, one or two years or even four. I wanted to make a decision that can last a long time. And one word that came up um, constantly when we had our um, decision on ultimately going to Illinois was legacy, you know, and I wanted to leave my legacy. I wanted to be remembered from 20, 30 years from now. Um, when I come back, you know, my kids, um, you know, my little cousins, when they go to Illinois, they can be able to say that, you know, I was remembered in that way. And I thought that Illinois was the only school that could provide that for me. And um, I was not willing to go to another school to go through the same thing I could have went to Illinois. The only only reason I would have went to another school if it had to be something drastically better than Illinois. And when I crossed the line, it wasn't none, nothing that could could beat that. So um, I thought that it, it was no better way than to try to just build the legacy at my home state and then, you know, reap the benefits of whatever that happens, have my legacy be, be there forever. Hey, Io, speaking of your family, everyone knows you from your high school and college careers. You're introduced as Io, but your full name, tell the folks your full name and, and tell us the story behind that. Yeah, my full name is Kwam Dean, um, Io Podesumu. Um, I just go by Io. Um, Kwam, Kwam Dean, Kwam means to move forward. And um, my middle name, Io, uh, means joy. So um, it was like in fourth grade. I remember it was a lot of articles where I used to go play at um, 
at um summer um AU events, they used to some people used to call me Io and some people used to call me Quam. And my mm-hmm. dad was like, you know, we gonna stick with one name, you know, <laughs> what, what, what are you gonna go by? <laughs> we don't want people thinking that it's two different two different people. So from that time I just went by Io in the classroom, my teachers called me Quam. And then um when I got to college it just went to Io. <laughs> Tell the listeners a little bit about how, how close your family is and how important it was for you guys, you know, you said making decisions and, and how important is it being here, playing for the Bulls and being able to go home, get moms cooking anytime you want, anytime you want to, you know, go and talk to you. I mean, there's something about being a professional athlete and being able to stay at home. How's it been for you? Um, it's been great. Um, I always look at look at both sides. Um, it's been exciting. My family you know, being able to see my family, like you said, um, on an off day, just stop by just for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Um, that time itself just gives myself a chance to just reset, reboot, and um, just not think about basketball and just enjoy family time. Um, that That's a blessing. But, um, you know, it's a blessing and a curse because, like, I, I was just talking to um, – actually, yesterday I was just laying in the bed thinking, like, what happened if I did not have a, a close family? Uh, like, what if my family wasn't as close as mine? I could see how, you know, being at home could be, you know, um, a distraction. But I'm just blessed that my family from um, making decisions from me going to college to me in high school, pretty much all of the big decisions that I had to make, I had a, a tight knit family. So I'm blessed that, you know, I can go and chill with my family. You know, my family, they know, you know, how. Um, to give, you know, enough space and um, they are responsible so it doesn't ever go overboard. But, um, yeah, I'm blessed in that aspect just to have my family here and be able to help motivate me and help me get better. Io, you were a first-team All-American at Illinois, led the team to a number one seeding in the NCAA tournament. And then on draft day, you had to wait until the 38th pick overall to hear your name announced. Take us through that night and now really the the – I don't want to use the word vindication. That's not probably accurate. But the fact that you've been named to the rising star game, people are talking about you as a, as a top five, top 10 rookie in this class. What has that whole whirlwind experience been like for you? Yeah. I mean, to go back to draft day, um, I promised myself that, you know, once the draft week came, I wasn't going to stress anymore because I know I put so much work each and every day, two a days, three days in Miami training waking up early, 6 a.m., 7 a.m., um, going from gym to gym, shooting shots, lifting weights, that, you know, drive week, it is what it is. Like, it, it's you put the work in, you know, I, I trusted the work that I put in, and I wasn't going to stress. So even, like, on draft day, you know, I see – I can read people. So, like, my family was, like, little tense. You know, they were anxious, like, where to go. You know, I was chilling. Like, I didn't call my agent. Um, I, I talked to him the night before the draft. I said – you know, what teams? He told me the teams. I said, cool. Then the whole draft day, I was playing a video game, just relaxing, chilling, uh, because I knew that it was it was, it was was no 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 need to stress. I put all the work in. Whatever happens is going to happen now. It's nothing that you can do three hours before the draft is going to, like, change something drastically. So when I got to the draft, I was just chilling, just waiting, waiting for my time to come. Um, and then once – the last pick came in. Um, I wasn't, you know, of course, going to be a first-rounder. I immediately changed my mindset to, all right, let's go. Let's work. You know, whatever situation we, we, we get in, we're going to, um, of course, try to out um, use that as motivation and um, outperform that that number. And then when I got driving to the Bulls, all of that went out the window because that, <laughs> it was a, like a, a, a dream. You know, it was something that throughout the whole draft process, talking to my agent, we never thought it was going to, you know, go down like that because where we were projected at and the teams we were talking to. And, you know, when it came, he called me. He was like, yo, Ayo, you're staying home. <laughs> I was like, for real? He was like, yeah, I have to keep a poker face. And then once it came on the TV, it was just a, it was just like I, that moment probably was single, single-handedly the, the best moment of my life because I really can't explain how it was. Like in that moment, I tried my best to – try to live that moment so I can remember it, but I just can't explain it. So when give us a little bit of what it was like for you when you made your first visit to the Advocate Center, you walked around the United Center as a Bulls player. 
How how was that experience and what did it feel like to you? Oh, it was crazy. I remember <laughs> like it was yesterday. Uh, we came, came back. I came in with AK make, um, AK met Coach Donovan. And um, I seen all the Jordan stuff and I, I just seen all the the history here. You know, I'm a I, I was born from I mean, I'm from Chicago, so I'm seeing all the jerseys, just seeing all the different pictures and the historical um, things on a wall. And um, I just wanted to just, I was excited. You know, I was excited for my new journey. I was excited to get to work and try to just, you know, continue to prove because no matter where you're at in life, it's always, you know, more naysayers and it's always more for you to, to, to prove um, the more you, you, you continue to strive for your goals in life. And I knew that, you know, once I stepped into the AC, that it was going to be time for me to continue to try to prove people wrong. And um, me being driving 38, that that's motivation that would always stick with me. That's that's always going to be there because um, I understand that um, I should have went higher, but um, it just used as motivation now. You know, I going way back to training camp. Billy Donovan praised your maturity. He said you're like a sponge. You want to get as much information as you can. You talk to him and the other assistant coaches and try to learn as much as you can about the NBA game. People looked at the depth chart and thought, well, Io's not going to play much as a rookie. He might be playing some G League games for the Windy City Bulls. And, and you quickly established yourself as a guy that deserved to be in the rotation. Now with the injuries that we've had, you've started, what, the last 14 games? Um have you even surprised yourself with how quickly you've adapted to the NBA game and have been able to make your mark? Um, I would say um, I wouldn't think it surprised myself because I'm um, watching a lot of my college film. I like to study myself a lot. Um, I like to be my biggest um, critic because I figure if I could find out ways for to stop myself, then and if I'm very honest with myself, then it gives me an advantage before you know the opposition tries to do it. And um, I understood that, like, the college game was a, just a, a different game that much different than the NBA game. And I always knew that I was going to um, um, have a, a chance to excel better in college just because – I mean, in the NBA, then college, just because of the spacing. You know, college is, is no defensive three seconds. You know, they play block, blocks and elbows. Um, they can hard hedge a lot more than the NBA. It's just a, a – a more tighter space in the NBA than when I played the NBA a lot. It was a lot of ball screens, a lot of a lot of space. You got guys like Vucevic, like you really can't. If you're a big, you can't stay too long because he can shoot, he can pass it. And just so many skilled players in the NBA with so, so much space that I knew that um, just get under NBA um, equipment and the technology that I was going to be able to excel there. So I wouldn't say it, it, it surprised me. I was actually looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to continue to get better. How has it been for you? I know a lot of times young players come into the league and sometimes they get put in a situation on a team where they're with other young players and they're not winning. They don't have the veteran presence in the locker room. You, you've been blessed to come to a team with there's so many good veterans, so many guys that you can also lean on and learn from. How's that experience been for you this year with you know, being with DeMar and Vooch and, you know, Zach Levine? How's that been for you? Oh, it's been great. You know, when I first got here, I talked to Zach for like an hour, an hour, 45 minutes, like just talking to him, asking him questions, like drilling him because I wanted to learn so much because I understood that they've been somewhere that a lot of people in the NBA want to get to, you know, scoring over 10,000, 50,000 points. Um, and I just wanted to understand their, how they understood the game and how they viewed the game and how, they can give me tips if they made mistakes as a rookie, what mistakes do they make and how can um, I try to avoid those mistakes. And um, they're great veterans. They love, you know, me asking them questions. They um, they view me as a little brother and they they, they all, always give me, you know, great advice. Um, talking to all three of those guys, Vooch, um, Damar and Zach. And uh, it's been great because I've been, like you said, I've been able to learn from guys um, who are doing it at a high level in an organization that's doing it at a high level. You know, um, one through three in the East, pretty much the whole season, and um, so that 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 winning mindset and that that winning culture and asking, we you know other great players about that. That that's something at a young age, especially as a rookie. Um, that's something that could take you far. We're taping the show on Thursday afternoon. The NBA trade deadline has just passed, and the Bulls did not make any trades, which wasn't really considered a surprise. You guys just need to get healthy. 
When you looked around the landscape in the Eastern Conference, I don't know how closely you've been following this trade deadline, Io, but the, the huge trade, James Harden going to the Philadelphia 76ers in a package with Ben Simmons and Seth Curry and others. When you look at the landscape in the East, when you guys get healthy, you think you can still compete and have a chance to, to get to the NBA Finals? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think we can, can compete now, but of course when we get back healthy, that's going to be a, a, a even scarier picture. Um, you know, if you look at the guys we have missing, like um, it's not too many guys who we could trade for that are that are better than those guys. Um, so I just think this all just comes down to us getting healthy and um, our guys, you know, going out there. I think when we get healthy, we get you know Lonzo back, we get Caruso back, we get Patrick back, we get Derek back. Like those are, you know, four, you know, great. Uh, piece to our team, great players to our team, and then if you mix that in with the, with the guys we have now, who are who have been stepping up to bigger roles, um, put that all together, and I think it's going to be it's going to be scary. When you look at the you look at the the guards in this league because it's really a wing and, and guard dominant league, and you see pick and rolls hundred percent of the night. How has it been for you in the adjustment of of you having to guard some of the best players every single night? There's no nights off for you as a rookie. Every single night you're either guarding an all star or a guy who's close to being all star. How's that been for you this year? Oh, it's been exciting. Um, it's a very humbling experience because like. Um, you know, naturally, um, the, 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 the body and the mind, like growing up, you know, when you play against someone good, like, especially in college, it, it wasn't like that, like where you play back to back game. So it, it can tend to relax. Like, all right, I, I guarded him one time. He was two for seven. You know, now I have to wait two weeks before I play someone as good as him. That's the opposite of the NBA. So it's a, it's a short memory league. It's a, what have you done for me lately league. And, you know, like you said, there's so many great guards. So, you know, if, if I guard someone good on Monday, you know, once Tuesday come, I forget about it because I know Tuesday night I got someone hungry. You know, Wednesday got someone hungry. Like, there's so many great players, each and every team. The guards, it's the, it's the toughest position, I think, to guard definitely night in, night out because you have so many, you know, great people, like you said, all-stars, close to be all-stars, guys who feel like they should be all-stars. And... Um, it's a, it's a challenge, you know, each and every night just trying to, you know, you know, earn my respect in this league and just trying to, you know, earn my respect from, from my teammates, for them to, to believe me that I could do it each and every night. We talked about your great college career at Illinois and you had a, a great honor a few weeks back where they retired your jersey down at the State Farm Center and you, you had a teammate who, who joined you down there. DeMar DeRozan actually was on Give me the hot sauce podcast that day taping. And we when we finish, he says, yeah, I'm heading to Champagne because my guy Io is getting his jersey retired. How special was it to get your jersey retired, first of all, and secondly, to have DeMar there to celebrate it with you? I mean, to get my jersey retired, that was just, you know, the Eptune, everything that I stated when I said why I went to Illinois, you know, leave my legacy there. Um, that now it's there forever. You know, anytime you go into there 100 years from now, you know, seeing Ayo DeSumo number 11 up in the Raptors, that's something that can never be taken away from me. And um, that just goes back to, you know, why I want to leave my legacy in my home state. And for DeMar to come, you know, on his off day, um, hour and a half out, that just shows what kind of leader he is. It shows what kind of person he is. And um, it just shows the, 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 um, competitive the, the competitive nature that he has to you know want to see me there and um what kind of good dude he is i've, I've been noticing lately you've been trying to catch some bodies you, you, you're trying to, try to put it on people's head now see they they've been sleeping on you because you be you know you've been going in there finger rolling it and all of a sudden now you're catching bodies at the rim yeah i mean that's just about the you know adjustment in nba you know you, you it's so much film here and you so much technology so many um, people telling you so many different things. Like it's 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 the best league in the world for sure because you have so many opportunities to get better. And you know, like you said, that's just a, one adjustment I know I had to make. And um, you got to keep getting stronger, keep getting better. You took a couple of hard knocks uh, along the way in that game against Philadelphia. Right now, you're currently in the NBA's concussion protocol. Can you update us on your health, how you're feeling, and and when you get back get back out there? Yeah, I feel good. I just got. I just finished um, running. Um, took a test earlier. I passed it. Um, just got finished doing a bike. Now I have to run after this, and then um, hopefully everything goes um, well. I'll be back um, real soon. 
One of the things I noticed about you, Io, every game you get better. I mean, I, I've seen from the very beginning when you got in in training camp and, you, you know, the preseason, the one the one thing, defensively, you were always NBA ready. I, I like the way you play defense, the way you get over screens. But the one thing I've noticed that you've really gotten better at is the confidence shooting the three ball. In the beginning of the season, you would pass a little bit and be hesitant to take that shot and then pass it off or either drive it. Now – you just say, you pass it over to me, I'm letting it go. I mean, you've hit some big shots late over the last couple of weeks. How, how, how have you been working on that? How many shots do you get every day in practice when you're uh, trying to be better at that part of your game? Yeah, I mean, I'm, that's a huge part, you know, playing in the, 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 the NBA. And, of course, playing our team, you know, you got Zach and DeMar who cause so much attention and so many teams trying to wipe them out. So um, I try to work on my three ball a lot. I just try to get a lot of shots up, you know, 200, 300 shots, you know, just try to uh, master that, master my form, master my release. Um, the NBA is pretty much making this league, I would say. Um, majority of the shots are open, um, especially when you're playing with, you know, two two all-stars. And um, I just try to make it easier for them, spread the floor out for them, and uh, just make open shots because I know they're going to come because teams want to take those two out the game. Io, last thing for me, we had uh, we had Buddy Heald on the show last week, and he and Stacy were talking about their days at Oklahoma and how much they missed the college environment. If you if you've been kept keeping in close contact with your Illini friends as they try to battle their way through the Big Ten this year, yeah, um, I definitely have been I have been talking um, with them pretty much every day. I follow them. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm assistant coach there. Uh, I watch all of the games. Um, um, yeah, I talked to. Them. I'm, I was pretty cool with them because I was there for three years. Um, one of my roommates, he's now Tyler Underwood. He's now on the coach staff, so I talk to him a lot. Well, we're going to let you go because I know you got to probably study some film That's and, right. get, and get ready for Always this working. weekend because you got a big yeah. game. You got a big game tomorrow night against Minnesota, who's playing pretty well. You got you know you got Anthony Edwards coming in. You got uh, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell, so yeah. it's going to be a good game. I appreciate you taking some time to come on this show because I know you're a busy man and and you know you yes, got sir, things to God. do. And I appreciate you appreciate coming on, that. bro. And uh, good luck the rest of the season. You know I'll be watching. I O Silver, baby. <laughs> I O Silver Trey. Io, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck and have fun at that Rising Stars game on February 18th in Cleveland. And congratulations. Right. That's a great honor, bro. Congrats. We'll get you some hot Appreciate sauce. It. Chicago's very own Io DeSumo, our special guest on episode 65 right. of Gimme the Hot Sauce. We're going to let him go. Coming up next, there's a big football game coming up on Sunday. We'll ask Stacy about that when Gimme the Hot Sauce rolls on. Welcome back to Give Me the Hot Sauce. Really great catching up with Io DeSumo. This is a kid who's 22 years old, drafted in the second round. His maturity beyond his years. I mean, I mentioned to him that Billy Donovan raved about him back in training camp, said, this kid is incredible. Nothing phases him. Yeah, I remember watching him in training camp, and I, I came away with impressed. Like, he looked like a veteran out there. He was, you know, I remember my first training camp. I was going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, I was just flying all around because it was new. You're trying to make an impression on everybody. But you could tell he, he was just, like, calm, cool, and collected and you listen to him in that interview he handles himself like he's you know 25 26 years old you know like he's been around and, and he, i always say he's an old soul he's yeah. an old soul um and you can just tell he's getting better every game you know one question we didn't ask i almost did but i'm like i don't want to do it because you know he's a good kid you know losing to loyola last year that had to that had to you be know what mark you know what that's why might, i didn't ask then him, he probably wouldn't have came back on the <laughs> damn show you asking them kind of damn questions all right god man no one wanted that, that's like asking me about kansas you know i don't nobody wants to hear that man nobody no. wants to hear that no america i don't want you to know that kind of pain okay <laughs> i've been keeping it in for years you know kansas you know i don't even like talking about it so i know io doesn't want to talk about it because that was a game they were favored to win that's like asking kendall gill about losing to michigan in the tournament he doesn't like that question either. <sighs> yeah nobody no one and it, 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 it hurts more because yeah. you know you were supposed to beat the team you lost to right that's what hurts the most and yeah. then, like well, i know we beat kansas three times that year and then we lose to them the fourth time in the biggest game of the year we lose you know and i'm like man that but you know what? The basketball guys blessed me, America. They gave me three, three championships. NBA three championships. NBA championships. But I ain't going to lie, America. I trade in one of those titles for that college championship <laughs> in, a, in a second. I ain't even going to lie. I'd be sitting up here lying and say I wouldn't. I would do it in a second. 
Well, speaking of teams looking back on a, a loss, a game that they lost, the Kansas City Chiefs, who were hoping to go to the Super Bowl for the third year in a row, got knocked off by Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, as Stacey King predicted on, on Give Me the Hot Mark, I, I really appreciate you, you know, bringing that up. Had to bring yeah. it back around, well, Stacey. I, I, you were getting down there. I'm just so glad that you remember what I said. Yeah. America, I told you. Did I? Did you not hear me say I guarantee? <laughs> okay, I said that in the last two weeks, and I'm saying it again. I know it's improbable because the Rams are playing at home again. They're playing. They're, mm-hmm. They played the uh, NFC Championship at, at home, and they're playing the Super Bowl at home. But I'm going with Joe B. Money Joe B. Joe Burrow, the cigar smoking, fur coat wearing, dark sunglasses <laughs> having, Macaulay superstar Culkin looking. <laughs> that, that's that's uncalled for. Oh, he doesn't look like Macaulay Culkin, Tim. Okay, okay. I'm not gonna let you jinx. I'm not gonna let you jinx, Joe. A little bit. He's kind of like the modern day Joe Namath. I mean, they got the same first name. He's got the flashy clothes. Yes, he hasn't guaranteed a victory, but I think he might before the game. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you something, man. I mean, he is the next Tom Brady, in my opinion. Yeah. Because that. I mean, this is his second year. He. I mean, first year. I mean. No offensive line, got his ACL tore up, mm-hmm. got injured, and, and then came back. And it normally takes a guy a couple of years, especially a quarterback, to come back from that type of injury and not be afraid to be in the pocket and stay in the pocket. That's why I say he's got some Tom Brady in him. Because remember when Tom Brady got hit and, and, and he got his knee hurt and tore his ACL yeah, up? Yeah. You would never known that he got hurt the next year because it didn't phase him. It was like, you know, this is what I do. I'm here to win. I'm going to win ball games. And this kid is the same thing. And one thing I will say about Cincinnati, I'll give them credit. Their scouting department, the guys who, who make the decisions in the football department, they went out and got them dudes from LSU. There's some guys on that team that played on that national championship team that – is on that roster in the Super Bowl. And, you know, Jamar uh, uh, Chase, that kid is phenomenal. Phenomenal. That was the receiver that he was throwing to at, at LSU. So they're getting these kids from LSU that have that championship championship pedigree. And Joe Burrow, I'm, I, America, I'm telling you again. <laughs> I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals with the huge upset in Super Bowl. What Super Bowl is this? 175? With- <laughs> uh, 56, I okay, believe. Okay, 56. Super Bowl 56, according to my man, Mark Schnowski. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to guarantee, I guarantee the Bengals win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and now, if you bet and lose money and no, they don't, don't win, don't come blaming me, all right? I'm just saying I'm guaranteed for myself. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Joe Burrow mentioned in, in a number of the interviews he did this week that he had never smoked a cigar in his life. The first time he did it was when they won the national championship when he's at LSU. And he goes, it's, I'm, it's not something I really enjoy doing. You know, it's, uh, it's I just do it for special occasions. He says, when we win the Super Bowl, I'll do it again. Yes, yeah, a lot of this. I said a couple things like that too. When I was first got into the league, I said, I'd never go to a gentleman's club and I've never been there before in my life. <laughs> I, I can't say I'm a member everywhere now. <laughs> I'm sorry, America. America, I slipped on that. I shouldn't tell y'all that. That's a little secret. You know, 21 years old. You know, when you you know you couldn't get in when you were younger. You know, you weren't of age. But as soon as you turn 21, you can go in all of them. Let's not talk about Mitchell brothers again. No, Mitchell brothers. Oh, Lord, oh make it rain. Make it rain, baby. I'm just saying, America. I don't do those things anymore. Get an infection in your eye. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't do these things. Don't listen to whispers. I don't do these things anymore, America. Okay, I'm, I'm mature now. I don't do those things anymore. Now, whispers. You said there's a UFC card, good one coming oh, up yes. this weekend. Oh yeah, so a couple of guys that really hate each other. Did we, did we watch them fight before? Yes, this is yeah, their yeah. second fight. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I thought we were... Israel Adesanya yeah. versus uh, Robert Whitaker yeah. for the middleweight championship of the world. And how are yeah. you handicapping that one? That's tough. I'm going Adesanya because I think Adesanya is just the best middleweight in the world. Um, he's just got too many skills. Not too many people can beat him because of his length and the I'll way... Take, he, I'll take Whitaker for... Some hot sauce. I'm going to see. To a, t- a, a bottle of atomic hot yeah, sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loser yeah. has to uh-huh. chug it. They really hate Oh, hell no. Oh, oh hell no. No, 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 no. We'll no, do no. it live on YouTube. No. I'd rather no. fight Whitaker. Yeah. I'd rather fight Whitaker. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, hell no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, I saw a cute video this week. Uh, Dawn feeding the dogs, including her dog with the pink ears. Oh, that that oh. was something. Now, now, what's the what's the uh, method on that? Each to get equal treats, or how do you have to? Well, you know, it's it's, it's like listen. You know, I they got two bullies, man. And we got a little cozy. Cozy's a little bitty. What kind of dog? What kind of dog is he? What kind of dog is it? 
A who? <laughs> okay, I can't hear right now because she's not on the headset. But let's just say Cozy is a special breed. Okay, yeah. she's the littlest in the house, weighs about ten pounds. She's the cutest little thing. She got little pink ears and a pink mm-hmm. tail. Okay, in the house, she's the queen. She runs the roost there, and she bosses everybody around. Other than that, it's like prison situation. Okay, <laughs> because Kobe, you know, it's like Kobe. You know, Brixton is the oldest of all of them. I mean, he's not the oldest of all of them. They're still puppies compared to Cozy because Cozy's eight years old. They're only a year old. Okay, so it's like prison in our household. Okay, so it's like, you know, Kobe is like the head prisoner. Like he's the guy that runs the yard. Yeah. Okay, nobody eats unless he eats. Okay, <laughs> and then when he's done eating, he may come over and eat your food and 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 just take it from you. So that's how that's the, that's the dynamic. So at night. When we have to, we have to put some drops in Kobe's eyes, and the only way he lets us put the drops in his eyes because he's really smart. <clears throat> the only way he makes us lets us do it is we got to give him a treat afterwards. So we, you know, Don puts the, the drops in his eyes, and they say, "All right, treat," and he runs right over to the cabinet and he'll sit, wait for his treat, and then Brixton will sit next because he he knows the routine too. And then little Cozy will be off somewhere like waiting for the scraps. So. Don has him trained where, because when I feed him, he like they're like sharks. Take your hand they off. They take my hand off. Like I'm like, All right, here goes your. I'm like, oh lord, my finger. You know, like, hey boys, calm down. So so Don does. She got him trained. She was like, no, no, I'm not. And she talks to him. So then they 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 just barely nip at it. You know. So she got him trained. So that's the ritual every night. Mm-hmm. We do that every night. You know, he's get these little drops in his eyes, and then uh, she gives him treats and and the little cozy. She gets treats too, because you know we don't leave her out of anything. She gets, she's spoiled. Like for my breakfast every morning, like she'll come up and I'll have bacon. <laughs> she loves bacon. She loves anything. Any I, well, she loves anything that I have because I feed it to her. <laughs> so I give her bacon every day. And the, the other dogs, the two other dogs, don't get it. They're like, you know, I'll give them some, but then you know they want more. You can give her like little pieces. She's That's satisfied. It. She's satisfied. Yeah. They want the whole strip yeah, of bacon. Yeah, it's yeah. like, man, yeah, yeah go, hey, man, go on, go on about your business. But, but yeah, it's it's very interesting. The King household. We have we have good 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 pets. Don spoils the crap out of them, you know. Um, but love them to death. I'm a I'm a dog. I'm a dog lover. Do the boys move aside when Cozy walks down the hall, or do they? You know what, Cozy? Right now, I mean, we're really concerned. <laughs> really concerned right now because my my dogs are still puppies, but they're starting. They're not fixed yet. Oh, yes, yes, look yeah, out, yes, yes. And Cozy's not fixed. So mm. so now I just found out last night that Cozy's in her little cycle. Yeah, because I kept wondering like why you know why are they all up on her like you know because they're so much bigger than her. So so today we were leaving and I, I told Don I said hey look you know we we need to separate Cozy because. No you know, it, it, it could be, it, yeah, it could be, it could be a rape situation. I mean, no one's here for him, you know. So we had to, we had to separate them. But yeah, we were like, I was like, yeah, there, man. I, I didn't know at first. I thought she was fixed. I didn't. I found out she wasn't. I'm like, oh, we we can't have a mixture of of, of pocket bullies and and this exotic that be, little. That would dog. be interesting. Yeah. Oh, it would be very interesting. Don liked it though. She liked the idea of having a little a little furry pocket bully. You know, because pocket bully has short hair. You yeah. Know, they're real. They're muscular. So we'd have like a. I don't know what her dog is. Now. I don't know what the, the breed is. I can't hear because she's sitting off to the side. But it's a it's a French dog. It's a lap dog. It's kind of like your Nimsy. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like your dog. And it's a lap dog. She's a lap dog. And so um, I couldn't see that mix, though. So if you get back home after taping the show today and you hear some Luther Vandross playing <laughs> in, the, in the house, you better be you better be a little bit concerned, oh, huh? Oh, no. Oh, who let the dogs out? Oh, who let the dogs out? Ooh, ooh, that's what I'm going to come home to. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and some puppy making music. A little oh, more. Lord, help me America. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Oh my goodness! So who's firing up the Traeger Grill on Super Bowl Sunday? Oh, who's doing that? Who's doing that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, wait, you don't, you don't even say who's doing it. I know we're doing it because we use it every night. Oh. Don is cooking every night on the Traeger Grill, so I don't wait. have to worry oh. about it. Well, Mark and I are looking for an invite. I you know, think. you're not getting anything, whispers. Okay, Mark might get invited. DJ Pavel might get invited. Oh, I don't know man. about you, man, but we use our Traeger Grill every night. Yeah, Don is out there. I mean, Don is out there in three feet of snow out there cooking the grill. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hey, Trying to hey, keep the dogs apart. Hey. Yeah, I'm just like she'll be out there, like you know, because you know when it's really cold outside. You, if you lift up the uh, the top, the temperature goes down in the grill. I thought he said we. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out there. I'm I'm out there controlling it from the app. Yeah. So I'm upstairs in a nice warm house, and so she'll say, "Hey, babe, oh, check the man. temperature on the grill." So I'll pull up the app. 
Okay, it's uh, <laughs> how high do you want it? Uh, make it three no, fifty. I'm like, all right, I hit the button three fifty, and then I'm chilling. I'm good. Well, that's I'm teamwork. Gucci. That's teamwork. Right that's there. teamwork. Oh, so let me, let me let me tell you a big thing we do now in the house. How many of you people in America watch Chopped? You ever watch Chopped yeah, yeah. on the Food Network? Yeah. I never watched it till I met her. Every single night we're watching Chopped before we go to bed, and it's kind of fun. I, at first, I was like, oh man, I can't. I, where's ESPN? I, I, I can't watch this. <laughs> so, but now I'm watching it. And so now, and Don is a, like a chef level cook. Like seriously, like she could get on chopped and, and really do well. So now I find myself critiquing meals like a chef, like the, like the chef people do. So she'll make something every night. Like she made uh, awesome pasta last night with, with like Sicilian kind of um, sausages, real skinny sausages. She's beaming with pride. Over oh, that. it was so homemade, homemade uh, sauce. I mean, everything was, oh, so I'm testing and testing it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it could use a little bit more spices here. I'm doing what the what the people do to the chefs. Sure, too. yeah. And, she, and so she's like, hey, do you want to get slapped? <laughs> I do that to every meal now. I critique every meal because you want me to watch this show? I'm going to make sure I critique every meal. All right, we're about ready to wrap things up here, but I want to ask you about a special night coming up on Saturday. Neil Funk is going to be honored for his legendary Hall of Fame career as the Bulls play-by-play voice. I'm so excited because he never got a chance to get the send-off that he deserved because Mm -hmm. of COVID, and then there was no people in the building last year. So this is long overdue. Um, We got a treat. There's a treat. Oh, good. There's good. a treat. There's a treat. You know, when they say get the band back together, America. Oh. Da, 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 da. That'll be fun. For all those. I'm not supposed to be telling everybody. I'm like an old refrigerator. I can't keep secrets <laughs> in. But I'm going to let my listeners, all my loyal listeners out there, all those people who are Neil Funk Stacey King fans that got a chance to listen to us on the air for all these years, you're in for a treat. Also, look forward to that coming up Saturday when the Bulls host the Oklahoma City Kaboom. Thunder. And before, and one more thing we have to do about the uh, Windy City folks limousine. Oh, well, yes, that's right. Oh, let me let me pull out the read, America. <laughs> Windy City Limo provides championship service, making a reservation is no easy slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full court pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time. Contact us. Listen, don't don't interrupt me again. You're you're about ready to get a throat punch over there, buddy. All right? As I was rudely interrupted, America, from my sexy Luther Vandross voice, contact us at 866-94-WINDY. Again, that's 866-94-WINDY. And, the, and she'll like it too. Yeah, the folks on YouTube are waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. I saw in the comments, people are always loving yes. that. So we want to make sure when you follow us on uh, YouTube, enjoy the show, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And yes. And DJ Pavel always likes to point out, we appreciate that number growing, and we're the fastest growing podcast in America. We appreciate your all our favorite podcasters yeah. podcast show. Yeah. They won't admit it, but they love the show. Yeah. We appreciate each and every one of and you. Pavel, like it too. time to wrap it up. Yep. Little, little uh, Pablo sleep over there. He, he's he's got a he's food coma. Holding out, he got though, a hot so. sauce coma right now. There's a lot of pain still. You forgot hot sauce. We already did that. We're oh, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We already did that, Pablo. Yeah. He's producing the show all of a sudden. Yeah. Pablo's gone from DJ to producer. Drive home safe in Chicago. <laughs> BB. Buckets. Jets. Buckets. See you next week. Oh my goodness.